Thank you for joining us today at River City Church, a church living in love. If you have a prayer need, would like to speak to a pastor, or have questions about today's message, please email us at info at rivercitysmyrna.com. For more information or to give to the ministries of River City Church, please visit our website at rivercitysmyrna.com. We hope you are encouraged by today's message. God. reading verses 1 through 9. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord, bless his name. Tell of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous works among all the peoples. For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the peoples are worthless idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and beauty are in his sanctuary. Ascribe to the Lord, O families of the peoples, ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. Worship the Lord in the splendor of holiness. Tremble before him all the earth. Let's pray. Lord, as I read these words about your glory being declared among the people, we are reminded that it is truly your body who does the declaring that through us, the way we live, the way we love each other, the way we forgive, the way we show grace, the way we include, the way we pull up a chair with the most broken and the most lowly, that is where we reveal the glory and majesty of our God, who though high and who though majestic would choose to put on flesh and to be born in a manger, to be crucified, dead, and buried. But who will raise again? And with him we are raised. So give us the courage and the strength to daily reveal your glory. For that is holiness. Choosing to follow after Christ in conduct and character so that we look different we move in this world different, and we love differently. Let us love lavishly, Jesus, even as you loved. 
So today, be lifted up, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Receive all the praise, for there is none like you in heaven and on earth. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so God, we, we just acknowledge today, God, that you are a firm foundation. And God, we've all put our trust in shaky things before. And God, none of those things stood the test of life, but you always do. So our hope is in you because you're the only one with hope. You're the only one with joy. You're the only one that loves. You're the only one that knows the hurt and the pain. And so God, we can trust you. We know that we can. And I just see people being built up today. If you feel like things are broken, that God, God wants to build you back. Even way beyond anything that you had before. And so God, we just today, and if there's anybody around you that just feels like that, we just, God, we acknowledge, God, that, that we're together. We're not alone. And so God, we, we trust each other as we trust you. And our hope is found in you. And so God, for whatever hinders us, we put it aside today and acknowledge that you are good and that you are for us and not against us. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray, amen. All right, so Sarah and I are gonna be sharing today um, on the best topic ever. Giving. So, so we want to prepare you guys because the holidays are coming up. And you know how when you have big holiday family dinners, how all the awkward topics come up? The ones that are like really divisive and awkward and never, no one wants to talk about, right? So we are equipping you for those holiday conversations so that you will know how to push right through that awkward and just get it out there, right? Just just get it out there. So yeah, so we've been going through a series of RCC because we were thrown into location, finding a location in the next year um, because the space next door wasn't available. So during that process, we figured out as a staff and as elders and wise counsel, the bigger question that we started landing on wasn't so much, God, give us the perfect space, but starting to really realize, why are we here? Like, what's the purpose of River City? And so we've been jumping into a month-long kind of emphasis on what does it mean to be a, last week if you weren't here, it was why is the local church important, period. Um, not just church, the local church. You can listen to that podcast. It'll be up soon. Um, and we asked you guys to fill out some cards and ask tough questions about the local church. You did. Next week, we're going to answer all the ones that aren't softball tosses. We're going to answer the ones. There were some that were like, okay, that's going to be hard to answer. But also, someone last week when we were doing a list left their grocery list. So if you forgot um, to get bacon, bread, salsa, sandwich meat, or cheese, um, I'll have this for you after service. So. Amazing. You looked so intent last week, you were like, oh, that's good. Cheese. Mm. Sandwich meat. Yes. Hallelujah. Salsa. It's right here. Enjoy. Um, so we're going we're gonna to ask questions at the end of this day, too, related to giving. And I think I would encourage you to ask the really hard questions that really are there inside of you about giving. Um, I know for me, 
Um, this is one of those topics that's a little hard to talk about, and I have avoided it. Um, probably to begin with, out of pride, we'll be one of those churches that won't demand. We'll be one of those churches that show it's not about asking, forgiving all the time. We'll be one of those churches. Um, and it's because I don't think I really had a healthy relationship with it. I'm still carrying frustration from the movements that I was a part of. That's almost un... It doesn't really fit where we're at. It's like, it's like the person who had the girlfriend that was crazy and decided to date the girl that was totally different, and she ends up being also kind of crazy. That's kind of where I feel like I am with this topic. So... Which one I, am I? I don't have any girlfriends. <laughs> You're the wife. <laughs> You're the keeper. <laughs> Amen. Amen. So today, we're going to talk about it. Um, we're asking you to pull up a seat. We want to be able to talk about hard things and not just talk about like comfortable things. Um, I know for me, when I, when I do think about this, historically, that was my perspective. I was kind of tired of hearing people ask for more money, specifically related to buildings and things like that, building programs. Or, um, but then becoming a pastor, a part of a local church that believed in community that didn't focus so much on how big can we get, I've really fallen in love with the local church and have legitimate framework for why, for me, it's important to give. And so we do that. Um, we give. It's the first thing we do out of any money we make. I know people have all varying different opinions on it, but I believe in it. So I'm going to spend my life doing this. Um, and so for me, that's the kind of where I'm at. I'm a little bit in the spot where I feel like I'm tired of all the sermons on giving. There used to be like one a month. Um, but I also know that you can't just never talk about money. That's unhealthy. Like I would share with my kids. Here's how you, we have, a, we have three, three jars at our house. We have the give jar, we have the save jar, and we have the spend jar. And they put in each and we teach them that all three of these are important, right? It's important for a church to understand a healthy relationship with money. Um, I'm not, we're not going to do offering at the end to, to like, we're not going to like hook you in and be like, and now, we kind of feel like if it doesn't settle in as something you want to do anyway, then it's pointless to just do a one-time out, right? Like, it just needs to be a part of our culture. So, Sarah, what, what are some of the things that jump out to you when you start thinking about giving and what surfaces in you? So I grew up in a, um, I grew up in church in a tithing household. So I was taught at a very young age that you tithe. It's 10% of your income before taxes. And that that's, that's just what you did. Like there was, there was no other discussion. It was just what you did. Um, and while I think that has equipped me to give like I don't even really assume that that you you hear this if you've grown up in church like that money's not yours as God's anyway um which just for me translated that I never really missed it you know because I was just I had been trained to give it but the problem with that is I'd been trained so it was coming less out of a heart of generosity than it was just something I ticked off my list and so if if you've grown up in any sort of faith community, it, things can become religious, they can become legalistic, um, and I think that's the downside. I've had to rethink what it means to give, and I've had to move past the idea of tithing to generosity. I've had to be willing to listen to the Holy Spirit say, give now, you know, even though you've already tithed. Like, for me, I just checked it off, like, well, I've, I've already tithed. I don't, I don't need to have a spiritual awareness to the needs around me. And so God has had to transition me to that, to really tuning into the Holy Spirit 
and being willing to give not locked in on a percentage, but locked in on his spirit and how his spirit is speaking. So, yeah. So just to, to start, a few of the barriers that we all are kind of aware of with giving. Number one, I just don't have enough money to give. And um, this plays out in ways like you don't really have enough money to pay your rent or you've over-exhausted yourself for things that maybe aren't as important as they are. And so you're just in that spot. Your money never seems to be enough. Or if there is like a, a surplus of money, it's already going towards either a vacation or a this or a this. And so a, a legitimate thing people I hear all the time is, I just don't have the money to tithe. That's something I hear. Um, another one is, I don't really trust what the church will do with my money. Um, I think sometimes this is valid, and um, there is a validity to that, but I also think it's hard for us, you know, when we put that money in that offering bucket, or you click online, you're like, where does it go? Does it go into the black hole of, like, church fund? Um, like, general, like, allocating your money to general fund really alarms us, um, and it's because we want control, right? We just want to be able to say, this is my money, and I'll tell you what I'm doing with it. And so we have a really hard time putting it into the abyss of the church budget. Yeah, another one is really a big one today. It's I'd rather give to a mission or an organization that I can see tangible results. I'd really like to be in control of my money. This is typical for anybody under the age of 35. This is why people are seeing moves happen across the globe. It's easy to get donations. People would rather choose to give to something like that where they can say, here's what's happening, than in the local church. It's just easier to quantify, and it's not a consistency. So that's, an, that's something I hear a lot as well. Another is just confusion or lack of understanding about how or why to give. Um, there's been, you know, I think the previous generation, the idea of the tithe was very set in stone of sort of everyone did it. And now that's been called into question with sort of like the New Testament. Well, does the new, are we supposed to tithe? And how should I give? And when should I give? And how often should I give? And so sometimes that just blocks us from ever taking that step. Um, just a, a confusion about it or a mystique about it. And then the last one, there's like a thousand more. So if you want to ask questions relating to these at the end, write it on your card. But it's just simply, I really don't know how to start. Like, well, literally I had conversations with people that are like, oh, I just need to start. <laughs> just start. So there's a legitimate barrier where people are like, have good intentions and want to, just, just don't start. <laughs> it's just really a thing. I just, oh, oh, I'll start. Yeah, okay. So we wanted to sort of tackle some of these questions this morning. So this idea of, are you giving at all? I mean, that's just the place to start and why you should or should not. Where are you giving and the practicals of how to give? Um, so you guys know for me, I always start with like the why um, behind things. Um, Bill, do you have that infamous? Um, Woohoo, okay. So for me, it all starts with this, right? The idea that we are teleological beings, that we are created to move towards something. And so we are always moving towards a version of the good life, right? You guys have heard me say this over and over and over and over again. Um, and what is in the middle, our actions, behaviors, rituals, all of those things show what good life we're moving towards. Shake your head if you're still with me. So what in the, is in the middle is typically what has the most value to us, right? So um, for our intents and purposes today, we're putting in the middle our resources. 
So in the middle is our time, our money, our energy, our possessions, our education, our experience. All of our resources are moving us. How we use and steward those resources move us towards the good life. So if you look at the ways that you steward those resources, you will clearly see what version of the good life you're moving towards, all right? As followers of Christ, we should be moving towards the good life of the kingdom, right? Okay, so what does that look like? I'm going to read first, um, I don't have my Bible. Well, that stink. Oh, yeah, I do. Bill, I'm sorry, I didn't give you this first. I'm going to read this one first, and then we're going to go to the... So Matthew 16, and this is Christ speaking. (laughs) Finding a verse while everyone's watching is like the slowest process ever. If you want to slow down time, do that. Um, Okay, then Jesus told his disciples... If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his life? Or what shall a man give in return for his life? And so in the words of Jesus and in the actions of Jesus, we see... um, a life that was constantly a sacrifice, right? Not only physically was he a sacrifice, but his everything he did was for the other. Now, Romans 12, 1 and 2. Um, this is Paul talking to the early church. And this becomes, so what Jesus told his disciples, they actually picked this up and did this. So they, in turn, became a people who their lives were about the kingdom, right? So... Romans 12, 1 through 3, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. Um, That's really interesting, that more highly than he ought. I think for a lot of us, if you looked at our good life and what we steward, we might be thinking of ourselves more highly than we ought, right? It's a very worldly mindset that... If I look at my time, my energy, my resources, my education, my experience, am I leveraging that for myself or am I leveraging that for the kingdom? And that becomes the question today is, out of those the, your resources, what are you leveraging for the kingdom? Now, what we've noticed is that sometimes we'll leverage one or two. And we're like, oh, we're good because I'm leveraging my time, right? But we're holding maybe onto our money. Or sometimes we're ready to write that check, but you ask me to show up at a carriage house festival for three hours, uh, I really have stuff to do. Sorry, I might be stepping on toes, but um, what we typically do is we leverage the resource we're okay with leveraging, but we hold on to the one that is really the most important. 
So at this list of the things that we have been given to steward, we have to look at those and say, am I leveraging all of these for the kingdom? Because I am a living sacrifice, right? The sacrifice, if you know this Old Testament imagery, is consumed. Um, Now, we're not going to have this whole conversation about boundaries because there is that. We're not getting there today. But within healthy boundaries, right, are we giving up of that which is most precious? So if it is my time, I have to give my time. If Is it my money? Maybe I should be giving my money. Does that make sense? Okay, so you have to look at your resources. Where are they going? Are any of them going to the kingdom? I'm going to read you this quote. You give because as a Christian, you've been called to leverage your life for the building of God's kingdom. This extends far beyond money. This extends to your time, your resources, your relationships, everything. We're called to go all in. As the body of Christ, as followers of Jesus, we cannot say, and I'm talking to myself, guys, I I do not have this together. We are up here with you. We are constantly being challenged to how we're stewarding our resources, but I cannot say I follow Jesus and hold on to things. I just can't. I have to be willing to live with my hands open, especially to the things that are really the most dear to me. So Josh is going to sort of pick up with this idea of where you're giving. So you have to, at at the end of this discussion of like why you should give and where you're giving, you guys, that's your first thing to internally think, okay, am I giving at all? Um, And if you still have some reservations, then continue this conversation with life groups, with a mentor, with us, with our ministry elders. Um, But we we want to transition now to why it's important to give to your local church, because we believe that's important. And I would say if you do have reservations, the answer is not you shut your mouth and you do it. The answer is if there are things you're processing through, it's good to work through those. That's what community's for, right? Good biblical community will hear you out, and you will talk together about it. It's not like a The Bible said this, do it, shut your mouth, and let's move on. That doesn't really work, right? We want to know the why, and we need to know the why. It's really important. And this is a side note I didn't prep, but I want to say this. Worth in the kingdom is not a sign depending on how much somebody gives or if they give. Jesus and you at the cross, your worth is assigned. It's good to go. You receive Jesus, your worth is built in him, it's found in him. You're a new creation created in Christ Jesus. This doesn't have to do with your worth which is interesting because it's about money. It has to do with the impact you have as a co-laborer with Christ. It has to do with what's able to happen through a community and a person and what won't happen. Does that make sense? And it's so much better to see it happening. So do you think that the local church is important? I mean, at least a little bit if you're in a seat. You're in a seat right now. You think that the local church is important. Listen to last week's podcast. It's why we're here. It's why we have a church like this. We believe the local church is the way that Christ will reveal himself in a community. We can talk about TBN. We can talk about all these things. None of those people are going to people's funerals, celebrating weddings, sitting with somebody when they're crying. This is where that happens. The local church is where you smell someone's breath you don't want to smell. It's where you have prayer for your family member. It's where you decide where in Smyrna are we going to send the love of Christ. It is irreplaceable. The local church, I will give my life for it. I didn't make money for the first part of this at all. I worked in a factory, didn't have a car. I'm cool with that. That's better. It's better than a Hummer. With this bumper sticker that says, don't be fooled, my real treasure's in heaven. It's better than that. It's better than that, right? If you ever buy that that sticker, come talk to me. 
and I will burn it for you. So why, do, why the local church? Well, the job of the local church is to provide for the people in our community who cannot provide for themselves. If the local church is doing its job, we don't need government-funded things. If the local church is doing its job, people are being adopted left and right. We don't need picket lines in front of places. If the local church is doing its job, people are being fed. If the local church is doing its job, people are being equipped for job skill training. If the local church is doing its job, it's present with people when they don't have family. That is what the local church is for. So is it important? It is. And just for you to know, I'm not stressed about money as a pastor. I never have been. I'll be honest with you. People are generous. But this happens through that. There's no way that we don't show up and, like, gather and... This doesn't happen without it, right? Like, that's like a, just a, a thing to know about. Like, we had somebody come one time that was like, we just don't believe in tithing. I was like, so you're, are you saying you don't believe in the local church? Because that's how it exists. Like, we're going to pray and believe and God's going to provide. But really, he provides through generosity and hearts. Does that make sense? So, but if the local church is really doing its job, if it's not just about a building campaign, if it's not just about getting massive and spending 50000 on a mailer, if it's not about all those things, it's about... Who in this city is homeless? It's about the conversations we're having right now. Smyrna's number one problem is homelessness. How do we provide an answer for that? It's about looking for areas that we can impact. It's about Carriage House yesterday. It's about Campbell High School. It's about all of these things that the local church, it's their job. I've been told when we do these things, I preach. And I do my best to not do that. So I'm going to go to my next point. (laughs) So... I just don't believe there's a more important mission. Acts 2, 42 through 47, if you'll pull this up, Bill. It's on one of our things on the walls. Um, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship and the breaking of bread and the prayers. And all came upon every... All happened before anything. It's just awesome. And many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as they had need. This is radical stuff, like radical generosity. If if people want to talk about how the tithe was for an Old Testament, and if your argument is that it's not still valid, if anything, it was like impotent compared to the the true understanding of what giving meant. True giving is, there's not going to be a need not met. Like, whatever's mine, you need something, you don't have, I'm selling something. For that. That's, that's what true, it's about this generous community that was so radical, the eyes of a whole city started to look upon it, not because of crazy things happening, but because people were, it was just crazy unity. And day by day, attending in the temple together and breaking the bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And here's what a lot of people spend their money on. How do we get people, how do we grow? Like, that's God's job. Like, that, figuring out how to get people here, and that's, like, God's job. Getting people, that's his job. We do the other stuff, and then and day by day, the numbers being saved were just, it was big. So that's, that's big. So ask yourself, do you believe in RCC? Here's a good, here's an out for you. If you don't believe in RCC, one, why are you here? That's interesting. You should interact with that. That's, there's something else there. Like, we have professional counseling here. We can set you up with it. I personally believe in it, and I think if you're here, you've kind of tasted and seen what we're about. What is RCC? Living in love, radical community. We're not going to just grow in number. That's just dumb. We're going to know each other. We're going to create spaces and services where two weeks ago you have to pray with a group of people you've never met. We're going to have a family field day that you're all going to want to go to your car, and then Jesus is going to speak to your heart, and you're going to come back. (laughs) We're going to have times where we let people speak that shouldn't speak, 
and give over awkward times. We're going to fight for unity amongst different belief systems, Democrats, Republicans, different genre of incomes. All of these things are important that the kingdom represents these things. All of that is important. You have to fight for that stuff. It's easy to build a collection of people who have very similar thoughts and, and, and patterns. It's easy to do that. It's much easier to just say, we're going to do this kind of worship. We're going to have this kind of space. We're going to do this. We're going to focus on this and build. When you start talking about trying to become diverse, which we are not there yet, we are on our way, it's different. We're going to commit to that. Disciple-making disciples. That's, the, that's true growth. Disciple-making disciples. That's how you know if it's a biblical community. Not if we double in three months. If we double in three months and you're like, God's just really blessing our community, ask more questions. Is it? Is he? Is he blessing our community? If he is, that's great. But is that happening? If we get big without that happening, everybody needs to really beware. Like I've said before, like it's like a cut. It swells when it's infected. We don't want to be the infected group of people. <laughs> so, amen. <laughs> Feels awkward to say, but... But we do want to see people grow, right? Like word, worship, and prayer. This is how we center around. We have prayer weeks. We have 12 groups of people who meet on the mornings to talk through spiritual formation. This is the essence of the gospel, to grow and to be sent, community transformation. This is the biggest part of our whole church. This is why before we should have, before we had the money for it, we were doing things like chaplaining teams and going into carriage house and figuring out how to finance it and still looking, where do we serve? Not just taking a picture on a mission trip and being like, look at what we did, but actually being in our city. Yesterday was the most beautiful thing I think we've done as a church. I did not feel stressed by it. I walked out into a group of people who took an idea that I really tried. Since we started, I wanted to impact community through serving it, and they did a, such a better job than I would ever do. And I just want you to clap for them really quickly. Just, it was awesome. But we had... Our church in a community serving people and loving people, not because we're better than them, but because we know it's important to partner with our community. And that happened yesterday. And we can point to it. This is happening. This is happening. So if you believe in those things, then open your heart. What's, what's the Father saying to you? If you, believe, if you don't believe in those things, then there's other churches with other things. That's okay. But if you do and you know that you do, and you look at our church and you scrutinize. Is, are they? Because a lot of churches have good stuff up, but then you're like, is that, is, that, is that happening? If it's not happening with us, tell us in loving words. <laughs> not all at once. That's painful. But this is what we believe in. Is it being lived out? I believe it is. Do I trust them with our money? That's a big one. That would be my biggest one, giving money that I earned somewhere so we provide you two times a year with exactly what we spent money on. If you want to see what we spend our money on, we will show you. We're not hiding it. We will show you everything. Everything. You want to do that. Email me, email Amelia, email Jordan. You can look into it. We have a budget that we've worked out that our goal, and we're speaking through it now, because we really were like a mission. We're only in beginning of year three. We felt like we were a mission getting to the spot we're in, and we still don't pay our staff members. Everybody's part-time. But our goal is that we give 10% of our money away. And that's that's hard to do. That's a hard thing to do as a church that's trying to be healthy and pay people to be healthy. But So you need to know that you can trust us with the money. And if you don't, we should be talking about it. You should be talking with us about it. You should know that you have a space to do that. We don't need to be ho-hum and be quiet. It's not, it's not bad for you to ask where the money goes. That's good. It does go places, right? Like it, it goes places. We pay for this building. Um, we have staff we pay for. We 
We spent money yesterday. We spent money on all kinds of stuff. You need to know where that, that goes. We want you to know. We made a decision when we were in ministry. We were part of a church that would never share that info, and we thought that was confusing. We should always share that info. And if there is something to be seen or talked through, we should be talking through it if it needs to be healed. Does that make sense? But so many people don't want to talk about money because so many of us are broken with our money. So many of us still have an unhealthy relationship with money. So we have things like credit card debt. We feel shame from not being able to do things. The bills, the, the people calling us. Some people have money pride. That just comes easy for you. And you have a dissonance between you and people who struggle with it. And we need your voice. We need you to help. We need you to step in and be like, there's, there's processes to help with this. Does that make sense? So is it being lived out? Do I trust these people with our money? We have a budget. We have a finance team. We have a wise counsel. There's no situation where I'm doing all this crazy stuff and then you find out about it. There's a finance team and a wise counsel that we talk through, we decide through, we pray through, and then we, we decide like that. There's a network that we're responsible to. We have to actually show what we do, and we give a percentage of what we make back into that for the health of the network. Um, and a continual goal for us, just for you to know, is not to be a church that builds buildings, but that answers needs in the community. That's what, if I was a part of our church, I would feel so proud about that. We don't sit around talking about how do we get ahead in our space? How do we make sure we have the most dominant looking? We're having conversations about how do we serve the homeless? How do we help people who are in need? That's literally our staff meetings. That's what we're centered around right now. That's our goal with our money, to be stewards like that so that Smyrna is impacted in such a way that they're like, there are churches here doing that and answering those needs and people sending those people to us. You have a need. You, need, you really need to meet. And that's actually already happening in our community, more than we can handle. Like, but it's good to be known for that. But it's, we need to step up the pace in our giving to get to that spot. So, Sarah, practicals. Super fun stuff. Mm. Um, so our sort of encouragement is to start with giving something. Um, and so... Um, we, we could confidently say that as followers of Christ, we believe you should be giving, okay? Um, we believe as um, believers in the local church and as Jesus leaving his body to do the work of the kingdom that you should be giving to your local church. Um, so if you've never done that before and you're like, I don't know. So start with giving something. That's the place to start, Um I think, and this is super practical, but I would schedule it for when you get paid. Um, that's just what I do. That's just like a tip. Um, it's hard when you don't have a steady like, oh, I don't get paid on the 1st and 15th. So you have to think through the logistics of that. But for me, I have I needed to go like right out of our bank account quickly <laughs> um, so that I, I almost never even see it, right? Um, and that's just what works for us. But talk, you can talk through that with different people, but just start with something. Um, and then give consistently, I think helps, especially for us as a local church with a budget. Um, if we have monthly, a monthly budget, it's difficult when you have like a ton of money one month and then it's like super low the other. I mean, we do it, but it's tricky. So it's really helpful for us when we have a consistency of our income, um, so start there and then really be praying that Jesus would, the Holy Spirit would move you towards generosity, okay? Move you towards sort of being tuned with the Spirit so that we're not gripping, whatever that is. If your time, your money, your resources, look at where you're gripping and ask the Holy Spirit to help you begin to release that. It's not easy at all. I mean, 
not my experience. Um, but just as I gave the statistic this last time that I spoke on giving, but the average giving is between three and 5% of our income. So from the adjusted gross income in America, the average of giving is between three and 5%. So if you think about tithing, that's super generous, right? That's like way above the national average. The other thing that, um, I read was that giving occurs in a U-shaped relationship that those at the high end or the low end tend to give the most. And it's the middle class that gives the least, which I think is fascinating. Um, so just there's just an awareness of, I mean, and it makes sense us in our middle class, we feel like we're working hard. We don't want to give that up as easy. Like that's harder for those of us in the middle who are like, this, this, I've worked for this, here it is, and I need to have control over where it goes and how it's used. Um, and this is where trust comes in, you know, trusting in your community, trusting in your leadership, trusting in, in the Holy Spirit and in God. Um, so start with something, give consistently, move to generosity. If you need a percentage, start with 10%. Why not? <laughs> It's just, it's, it is a number given in scripture. Is it law? No, it's not, it's not law, but it's a good measure. Um, and then, um, no, the ways to give specifically at River City is we have offerings. So you can put cash in your envelope and put it in the bucket. You can write a check and put it in the bucket, or you can give online, or you can give through stocks. So there's lots of different ways for us um, for, at River City for you to give. Yeah, and I, just consistency is huge when you're trying to map out the future of a church that's three years old. It's really, I mean, just think about it. If you know what, you're, what you have, it's easier to make decisions. And when that's not excluding the Holy Spirit or God leading. That's why we spent the first Sunday in prayer, and that's why we're fasting and praying. But we have to be honest about these conversations. And if you can give consistently, it's way better. It's better for us, consistency. And I'll say this, too. For those of you, there's two groups with this. We need people who will serve. We need people who will give. And there seems to be sometimes people who give a lot of money or like, they should be serving, but they just give and they're like, and then there's people who are like serving all the time and they're like, why do not more people serve but don't give money? And it's like this weird, um, it's kind of all of your being. Like, quit complaining, step in. But I can promise you, and Phil Cook gave me this idea and I'm going to do it because it's going to be awkward and I already have the blankets laid out. I'm going to take a nap because I'm just a little tired. That would be awesome. So can I get... Um, a volunteer who could not be mortified. You're gonna you're gonna cheese it up and you're gonna like talk the whole time. You promise? All right, come up here and sit in the middle. You cannot do weird stuff during this. <laughs> I love you, brother. No, we cannot spoon ever. You sit in the middle. All right, can I have um, can I have three people come up that are like able-bodied? You be one, and then yeah, she's super strong actually. Um, one other person, yes, sir, the real muscular guy gets up. So we just need three. So this is going to be awkward, but you just hang out there. We're going to need you in one minute. He might have stood up before me, but I got to All right, let's do this. One, two, three. No, okay. We're going to need you in a second, just you for now. All right, so we're going to do this. All right. We're picking him up? We're going to pick him up, all right? If you fall out, did you, did, do we have waivers? If the, if the blanket breaks, then this is the worst thing ever. All right. Can we do it? Yeah. 
Oh. All right, don't cheese it up. Okay, okay, okay. All right. So, so just for you to know, in terms of, we got to pick it up, guys. We got to do this. Again? Again, we're, we're holding him. We're holding this joker up. Just for you to know, there's around six families that carry most of the financial responsibility for our church. This is what that feels like for those families. And typically, when we ask people to give, they feel encouraged to give more. But what would happen if everybody would give a little bit? Can you come up? Lathia, come up. Jordan, come up. Jordan, come up. Lathia Turner, your name is, if your name is Alathia. All right. Here we go. So just a little bit more people. Is it as hard? Nope. Nope. He's still the same. He's still the same big baby boy. All right. Just a couple more people. Just a couple more people. Just a couple more people. Come up. It's okay. Come on up. Come come on up. As people start to start to come up, it's it's not super hard to understand what's happening, right? The more people that get involved, the easier the burden is to carry. And this relates to Jason in a blanket. It relates to finances as a church. It relates to City Kids Ministry. If you would give more, people would not be burnt out. There would not be burnt out people that want to leave the church because they've had to serve five times in kids ministry. If we all stepped up and did our part, it would be easy. Financially, consistency makes Jason lighter to carry. And Jason is not easy to carry, guys. So we're going to wrap him up. All right, you can put him down all at once. Let's just drop him. Give it up for Jason, everyone. All right, so if, if we're all healthy, nobody's getting burnt out, nobody's quitting ministry. I don't want to give you the statistics on pastors trying to do too much, but people are dropping like flies, and we don't want that. So let's be healthy. On your seats, there's a card. Use your voice. Write on it questions that surface in this kind of environment. If you have serious struggles with it, that's okay. I'd rather talk with you through those and not make you feel like you're awful. It's okay. Maybe some of the things you're thinking and feeling are real, and we need to look at them. But I want you to write on that in a moment, what what stirs in your heart. And I'll say this to you as well. For me and my experience in giving, and this is very big for American church, especially American growth model church. There, I've, we've, we're consistent givers since we, we got married. I don't, that's really in the beginning because of her and her family values. My family gave as well, but it wasn't like that. They had, like, had Bible study at the table when they were four about how giving was important. and So it was big, and so I started to absorb that. There have been times when we didn't have enough money literally to pay for anything. And I've, I, I'm not as many, but I've had times where somebody shows up and is like, here, I have an envelope to give you, and it's been like that story. Here's $3,000. What the What? So that's not, that's not the goal of giving, though. So when you talk about becoming consistent, it's not that God's going to just bless you. The goal in con- consistently giving is identifying with Christ and his sufferings. It's identifying that this is important to me, and I will sacrifice it for the sake of the other. It's that. It's co-laboring with Christ. Because I'll be honest with you, we're in a season right now, and I don't, I'm not asking for any money, any more money from the church. But we don't have enough money to pay for a car, and so I didn't, I didn't pray, put up a prayer thing for, my, for our second car like Americans do, like that we need it. What I did was I sold our car, got rid of the insurance payment, got rid of what it took to pay for gas, bought a bike. I ride my bike everywhere. And, and I'm going to tell you how the Lord blesses. It's my favorite season of transportation I've ever had in my life. I would choose it now, and now we save six to $7,000 a year, so high fives. Woo! Amen. So that is how the Lord blesses when you're faithful. He might show you something that you didn't know was in your heart. That doesn't mean you drive a Hummer that you don't have to buy a bumper sticker for that says, don't be fooled, my treasure's in heaven. 
No, it's not. You have a Hummer. I'm sorry if you have a Hummer. I don't even know how much those cost. But God blesses. It's not about I'm giving you this God because I know you're going to give back to me. It's about I'm giving you this God because you saved me, you died for me, and you showed me what it was like to be selfless. It's identifying with Christ in his sufferings. It's co-laboring with him. It's serving with your whole heart. If you say, I just don't have the money to give, Jill prayed this over us. If you have a strong need right now, I would encourage you to fight through what it takes to get healthy with it. I would say give. And if, you, if you're just like, I'm not giving to them because they didn't, give to somebody else. I want you to give to RCC because we need consistency. Get, if you're in a bad spot and you need to give, give, give. I'm, I'm promising you it's going to help you in some way. I'm not saying you're going to get a million dollars, but who knows what the Lord will do. Just give. Be faithful with giving. If you're someone right now who every part of your heart is like, I hate this, I hate this, I hate this, the issue is not with the church, okay? Your issue is not with the church. I'm just letting you know that. If you tell me you don't want to tithe, I want you to be a part of this body, and I'm going to love you 100%. But your issue is not with us. It's not. It's something else that's in there, and you need to look at that. What's going on? Do you care about money too much? Is it in the center of your good life? If it is, we all know about the rich young ruler, right? Bill preached on him. Money's not everything, right? The year we made the least amount of money, $19,000, when I stepped away from a youth ministry, which some of y'all were a part of, our, our budget went f- into a tenth of what we had. It was the best we year of our life. We didn't have a budget. We didn't have a budget. We had a Survive. ramen. We had like a ramen section of the house. And we had a pray for gas this week section of the house. And it was by far the best season of my life. I'm not kidding. Like, I'm not saying that to over... But we decided to go all in for church planning. We knew it was a long process. We're not going to get paid a lot. And it's been the best ever, like the sacrificial part of this. I do plead for the case of River City because we can move forward and impact this community in a different way. We can have healthy staff members. We can have people who are, it's just important. It's really important. So pray, listen, and obey. Allow yourself the space to say, Father, are you speaking to my heart? Holy Spirit and the Father speaks to us. We're his sheep. He promises that in Scripture. Listen. Listen to it. Is your money going to something that's dumb? Like, here's another one. Do you have, like, needs left and right, and you have, like, a decked-out cable plan? Come on, guys. Let's just be smart, right? Like, do you have needs left and right, and you got a $700 car payment? Some of this stuff is like, let's just walk through it. You'll get there. Get a moped. You're not going to look cool, but you're going to save some money. It's good, right? Some of stewardship is just some of that. So today, I'm going to ask you to close your eyes. Father, you have such a generous heart, and that's what stirs us in the beginning. It's not that you demand these things. Any gospel that's came with a list of demands, we've, all of us have kind of run from it or gotten into fear and started to fear you. But the part of you that says to us, I benevolently give my life for you. I came to love you, not not for you. I I came to serve you. Those parts of you make our hearts leap. And there's a way to be generous with our time, our serving, our gifts, our our money that is such life-giving for us that it's not just a duty. So I just pray that you would stir our RCC heart. Stir it so deeply. The people in here who have never given or never thought that they should, help them to know that they have a seat at the table and they're a part of a family. And there are things that happen in a household. And everybody's got chores, but they're fun when you turn on some music. You know, it's fun. Everybody's got a job they do. Everybody does something. Everybody cleans up the plates at the end. We all are a part of a family. This is not an audience. This is not a movie theater. It's not just a movement. 
This is a family. We are the family of God, the body of Christ. We represent you to a city. Let us be John 17 to one another in this room, that we would be like you are with each other, with each other in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So Jordan's going to come up and give you some announcements. I would just take a moment, write on the card questions that stir. We're going to spend next week answering hard questions in here. Thank you again for joining us today. And please visit our website at rivercitysmyrna.com.